0: To the KC City Church audio podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's really wonderful. Now, you know, we, we, we've already acknowledged the fact that we're in a fairly busy season. Right? If you go shopping, you, it'll be difficult for you to find a park if you go to Fountain Gate and all of that. And at the same time, you know, the whole world stops and considers who this Jesus is. And so many have a different notion and a different idea. Now, Santa Claus is obviously escalated above all things. Hallelujah. Now, uh, no, no, fault of, uh, no, no fault of Santa in a sense. Sorry? No fault of Santa in a, in a sense, but he has been escalated beyond and, and raised and lifted up above all things. Right? And um, Jesus is somehow you know, by the sidelines. And we need to begin to continue to raise this name. We need to continue to celebrate this. Celebrate it in a fashion where, where, where we can boast of who Jesus is. So if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you this morning a question, who is Jesus to you? Who is he to you? And how is he coming to you in this season? How is Jesus going to come to you in this in this season, and I wanna I wanna read out of uh, Matthew chapter one verses eighteen. And there were so many characters that were involved within the context of, of Christmas. There are the shepherds, the wise men, Mary, Joseph, and and uh, the angel, and and all of that. And obviously, obviously Jesus. And so the title of my message is God with us. Are we experiencing God? at this point? Is God with us? Is he really close? Is he a distance? We're coming to the end of our year. How has God, be, God been with us through the year? So Matthew 1 verses 18 to 19, the birth of Jesus involved various people, common folk as well as some really, really wealthy people. So in verse 20 to 23, while he was trying to figure, out, figure a way out, he had a dream. And who is this? It's Joseph, who had a dream. So God's angel spoke in a dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves. Because he will save his people from their sin. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term, right? And it says here, now watch this, now a virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. Now this was spoken prophetically in Isaiah in chapter 7 verse 14, which was written about 700, which was 700 years prior to the birth. 700 years prior to the birth, this statement was already made. And so the birth attracted some, some really important people. The angels appeared to uh, the shepherds and they sang glory, hallelujah, angels we have heard on high and, and all of those songs they sang that. Right? And there was, a, there was a proclamation and you know that the shepherds were the least of, of, of the people there. They weren't ones that they were loved. So he appeared to them. Then years later not 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 uh, not at the time of his birth but years later the wise men came and they traveled from from a distance but turn with me if you could to luke chapter 1 and let's look at how this news was proclaimed to a young virgin Now, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. So, as the angel appeared to Mary... And she greets, uh, he greets her with this. I want you to close your eyes and imagine now, how did Mary receive this? What do you think went through Mary's mind? Oh, you favored woman. You favored woman. So imagine with me now. What Mary went through. And you've got to close your eyes. Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. With, with me? With me? With you. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great. And will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel. Uh, how how would this be because I virgin <laughs> O oh, mighty one <laughs> the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in the sixth month, for the Word of God will never fail. Amen. May it be, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. May it be done according to your word. May it be done. Thank you, CJ. May it be done according to your word. See imagine, you just saw... The confusion that was in her face and in her eyes and in her tone. How? How can this be? What a weight over a young 16 year old girl. That was what Mary received. Now imagine yourself. You receive a word, you receive a promise from God, you receive a vision from God that is so overwhelming that is way beyond what you can. What you can perceive or what you can maybe bear. And, 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 and this Mary had to carry this child to full term. And as you know, Joseph was so confused. And she comes to Joseph now and she says, By the way, Joseph, I've got some good news. I am pregnant and you're not involved. So imagine that now. And, and, and so all the confusion. So it was a confusing time. Christmas was a confusing time. Because it was a time of wondering now who this, who this person is. Now. And, and I, I want maybe just a little bit of history here. I want to take you back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis in chapter 1 verse 28 it says that you will have dominion. Right? Firstly it says that you will subdue. When he created man, he says that you will subdue and have dominion, right? Now, I uh, just want to read, let me read the aspect. Let me give you an, an, uh, an, an explanation of this context of subdue. So in the Hebrew, it means kabash. And what it means, it actually does mean subdue or enslave. But here's the catch. It only means this when a party being subdued is already hostile. So hence it's used to speak of military enemies in Scripture. Not to subdue an attacking army would lead to death. Hence we subdue the earth because without such subjugation, the harshness of nature and the harshness of what's being created will subdue us. So God gives us this responsibility to to actually subdue and take authority and to begin to steward. But it is against what is hostile. So now hear this. We know that when Adam and Eve were created, they were given the responsibility of the earth. Am I right? We all agree with that. And then comes the enemy in the form of, of a serpent. So the enemy here is a spirit. The spirit needs a body. And so the spirit comes in comes into this body as a serpent. Now, some say this. The serpent was like a snake because it does say a snake. And some say this, that, you know, if you look at a snake, you will find, because it says that the snake was, was, was upright, right? S- stood. And, well, maybe, maybe let me put it to you this way. Because it said that it will crawl on its belly, right? And, and so some do say that, if you, if you actually really check at the vertebrae of the, of the snake, you will find that it has hind legs. That's what it says. Right now, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm just saying what's, what's out there. Right? But that's not as important as this, that the spirit had to embody a body. And by embodying the body, it came and it began to bring confusion to Adam and Eve. And because of that confusion, Adam and Eve, or rather Eve, began to question Will, will this really happen to us? If, is what God's saying really all that true? Now, doesn't that happen in this day and age? Don't we ever question whenever God comes to us and tells us something that may be so bizarre and so incredible that we begin to question, could this be God? Could this be it? And, and so, in terms of that spirit embodying some, some form to begin to speak, to humanity, to humankind. Jesus had to come. His spirit had to come and embody without, without sin. So that's the reason why his spirit, Jesus, had to come and be conceived in a virgin that was given birth so that that son, Jesus, would now come in this form of humanity as well and begin to take back what the enemy stole from us that is the ability to have dominion and to subdue which was given to us that was our first job description the very first job description was that hey this is what you are you you and I are supposed to be doing but in today's day and age, we do so many other things apart from this very thing. In terms of realizing now, God, what is it that you want me to take authority over? Lord, what should I be stewarding? What should I subdue? I mean, don't your emotions subdue you? There's anxiety, there's depression. Don't we give in to that? We just sang that song, Still, be, Have Peace. It's so hard for us to be still in an environment like this because they all want to subdue us. Our emotions want to subdue us. Our time wants to want to subdue us. You have a little baby. The baby definitely wants to take the minion over you because they don't care whether you sleep or not. When they want something, they make sure they get it. Am I right? And often it grows into that even in the teenage years. So as a teenager, Imagine what Mary went through. All of this now at the age of 16. I've got to get married to this guy, Joseph, because I've been betrothed to him twenty-something years. He's twenty he's twenty plus. And in that day and age, culturally that was acceptable. Right? Because they were extremely mature as well. And so this 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 begins to happen, and Mary goes through this, this entire period of feeling. Now she's pregnant she hasn't got the support of the community she's on her own and so her husband-to-be has to take her elsewhere right and we are in a we come to this day and age and we begin to celebrate christmas sometimes not really understanding not really understanding what christmas is really all about what is what is christmas to us You know, and and, and this context of of Emmanuel, God, is with us. God with God with us. What does God with us imply? And you shall call his name Jesus. And in Isaiah, it talks about him being Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So the the very first point that I want to bring across to us this morning, if God is with us, he's got our backs. Meaning he's not against us. And in in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, if you can turn with me, it says this, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can come against us if God is for us now? Ever find yourself saying, why me, Lord? Have you ever caught yourself saying this, why me, Lord? Why must I go through this op? Why must I work with this boss? Why me? Why me, Lord? Why me? Why have I lost this job? Why am I facing this issue and this challenge at this point in time? Why me? What about Nandi? She seems to have a life all well packaged and she's just really everything's everything's fine. Why can't that just be why can't I just have what she's experiencing? You know, she's just got everything together. She counsels herself apart from counseling others. She can just counsel it. She's just, that's it. Why? Right? And so, so we go through this. We look at our neighbors and we find they're driving this and they're owning this car and they're owning this house and, and then we are struggling to pay. We're struggling to pay our mortgage. We're struggling to pay our utility bills and all of that. And then... One thing after another begins to seep right in and we begin to think that maybe God has favorites and so he favors someone else apart from me. Because I'm not experiencing the things that it actually really says. And so I I, I kinda move kinda move away from the truth that God is for us. He's on our side. God is for us and, and He's 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 outside. He's on our He's on our side. Right now. Can I just ask you to close your eyes for a minute? And I want you to consider, consider this thought. How far is God from you? How far do you feel God is? Where is he at this point in time? I can share with you a few more things in all of that, but I want to park here for a while. And I want you to consider that, this very first point. If God is for me, who can actually be against me? What can actually come against me? And Be as transparent as you can with him. Have you ever said things like this? Or have you felt this, that God is out to get you? Have you had a rough, extremely rough year? Just close your eyes and listen to this. Is this a difficult Christmas season for you? Maybe you don't want to say that God is mad at you or you feel that. But deep, deep inside, deep, deep, deep down inside, you don't even dare say that, that that's what you're actually really thinking. But right this very minute, I dare say this, that God is coming to you. I believe in the most loving, most compassionate, And I dare say this in the most powerful way to you. If all you have to hear today is God, if God is for us, God is for me, nothing else matters. Of all you need to hear today is God is with me. Is that sufficient for you? I want you to open your eyes and look at me. Do you know that our entire belief system, everything and anything we believe in about God, our entire Christianity, hinges just on that aspect. That God is with me. And that's good enough. That if there's there's no other message that you need to hear today, that statement alone Should be sufficient to carry you through. That's all. If you really examine this aspect of God, why is there such a need inside of us to want more than just the knowledge of knowing that if God is with me, nothing else matters? Because when you have the creator of the universe, the one who paid. This extreme price to leave his place, to come to earth, to take on the form of man. To take on your sin and my sin. To be beaten and bruised and hated. And we sing jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Santa Claus is coming to town. But the whole context of Jesus, God with us, is so forgotten. It's so foreign. We look at the sales, Black Friday, now uh, there's Cyber Monday. I didn't even know that my daughter was telling me, that there's Cyber Monday. You know, thank God I love Star Trek and all of that, so, you know, I can, I can probably, you know, appreciate appreciate that to some extent. But friends, I, I I I want to impress upon us this morning, without having to go much further, and hopefully not say much more. That the knowledge and the truth that God is with us should be sufficient. Now, sometimes if you know certain people are going to be with you, you cringe. Right? Because we would, oh gosh, I, I, I wish and I hope I wouldn't need to spend time with that person. Maybe we feel that about our spouse. Maybe we feel that about our kids at times. Friends, maybe we feel that about ourselves. How often do we, do we love living with ourselves? Because we are made in the image of God. And he said this to them. He says, you are made in my image. So when, when, when we're made in the image of God, we should love everything about who we are. But I know I'll be the first person to put my hands up and say, man, there are days I hate myself. Not dislike, I hate myself. There are days where I feel, and then, you know, when, especially when you have your birthdays, that's the worst time. Because people sing happy birthday and all of that and everything like that, and inside of you, inside of, I mean, anyway, inside of me, you know i just feel oh lord you know there's so much i feel you know and it's this lack of understanding that god is with me this lack of knowledge of knowing that i can i i, I he's this this is my he's my bodyguard he's my friend you know, why am I freaking out at the traffic lights? Why am, I, why am I worried about this person? Why am I worried about that person? Why am I worried about all of these things? So what if I lose my job? I've got, I've, I've got a new assignment. So what if I'm, if I'm charged with uh, some traffic fines or what? I mean, we pay for that for sure, right? <laughs> I'm not saying you don't pay you, pay. you pay your fines and then you learn out of that, right? You learn out of that. But God will not leave you there. He will help provide for you, even if you and I have been that stupid. <laughs> He's saying hallelujah because he had he had a huge fine. He came up for prayer or something like that, and he testified ahead of time that the Lord would take care of it and it was taken care of. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, God doesn't he, he doesn't hold us to our sheer stupidity. Right? Because he knows that we are made in his image, so. How can he? How, friends, how, how can God hate his image? How can God do, do that? He became a sacrifice so that the world would hate him and so that he would take upon himself this curse. So he became this curse for you and I. And which, th- there was this chasm there. Am I right? There was this. But now, there isn't that because he has come now and he sat here. And he's bridged this. So he's here sitting with us. He's here sitting with you. He's here in your heart. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Imagine that. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. This, if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, that's, that's this, this, this. This knowledge cannot just be these words, if God be for us, cannot just be Romans 8. It has to be the truth that you and I live our lives on. Because if we if we live our lives on that basis of knowing that as the truth, so many things will change. I will want to trust God. I can trust God. Not trust in what is out there. Now God obviously uses you and I and 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 He He has He's used our intelligence to come up with so many things, but all of that needs to be needs to never compete with the true essence and the true knowledge of God. Right now, if God is with us, He's not somewhere else. Right? He's not, he's not somewhere else. So, when He went to heaven, He did not desert us again. What did He say? Instead, I will send now the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will come and He will dwell with you. And, uh, and I believe last week it was, or, or so, we were. We, we, Uh, The context of Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 was also covered. That as they spent time, the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Tongues of fire came upon each and every person. Came upon them. Right? So, if he is for us, right? If God is with us, he is not somewhere else. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem coming down coming, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. He will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 3. Now Chuck Swindoll says this, Emmanuel, God with us, he who resists, he who resided in heaven, co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Spirit, willingly descended into our world. He breathed our air, felt our pain, knew our sorrows, and died for our sins. He didn't come to frighten us, but to show us the way to warmth and safety. To show a way to, to warmth and safety. My last point here is this. If God is with us, we're not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I will go before you. We sing that song. He's, we're, we're, we're not alone. So, um, Irvin Yalom, a well-known psychiatrist, did a study on what the real power that invites people to change in a counseling relationship, what's the real power? And he discovered this, that the most change occurred when a client really felt cared for. No matter what model of counseling was used, that says something powerful. Even Job's friends sat with him for seven days and said nothing. Then they started talking And they blew it. (laughs) (laughs) There is just the matter of being with the other person. Letting that other person know, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Any form of separation is always painful when that caring component is removed. Now, parents, be slow. To take your differences with one another into mutual separation. When, the, when children find that the caring component that they get from both mom and dad is removed, it can become traumatic and set them on a painful journey. Right? Jesus is with us in this sense that he is with us so that we don't have to face you know, these, these tough times on our own. Or or that we live life alone Now he told us that I am with you always Even to the end of the age That he will not leave nor forsake us He walks with us He holds our hands And he dries our tears He does everything for us And to those of us who still haven't grown up And we're still wearing nappies He changes our nappies Right, he still does that He's there to. He's there for us At any place that we are in So if we feel Today, man, we just feel, I'm, I, I'm just so overwhelmed. Friends, then Christmas is the right celebration for you. Because Christmas is about this, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what it is. And if I can, if I, if I can potentially bring you back to this place of Mary, Receiving this word from Jesus. I mean, from the angel. And she asked this question, how could this be? How could this be? How could this be, Lord? You know, a 16-year-old hardly had much experience in life asking that profound question, how can this be? Because she's totally confused. Biologically, this is just... it, it cannot happen. I mean, imagine my wife wakes up one day and says that, um, Larry, I want to have another child, but you have to bear that. So she, I mean, that's, that's what she's going to pray for, right? I'm going to bear the child. So I'm going to be pregnant. I know I look pregnant kind of, Right? <laughs> And she says that, okay, I'm going to bear the shell, but, I, you know, I've, I've already done four for you, so now you give me the fifth. And she tells me that. I mean, you, you would all turn around and say it's, it's impossible, right? Right or wrong? Yeah, I, I myself will say that it is, imp, it, it is impossible now. And that's the impossibility that I want to put in your mind when the angel came to, to, uh, to Mary and said that you are now going to conceive. But what you're gonna, but how you're gonna conceive is not gonna be through normal, through the normal ways. The Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you. Now, has she did she actually really experience the Holy Spirit? I wanna put to you no. We experience the Holy Spirit in a greater way than they did. Because the Spirit would only come upon them when something needed to happen. We have the Holy Spirit with us. 24 7. 24 7, we have the Holy Spirit with us. So our experience of God should be, must be, needs to be way more powerful than any of them. As much as I'm shouting out to you, I'm really telling myself this in all honesty. Because, you know, it's so easy to doubt. You know, it is so easy to doubt. I'm. Uh, I would say I'm. I'm. I'm a champion in that. I have more faith in my doubt than faith in faith in itself. And I have to work hard on really trusting God. On really trusting God. And you know how it is to trust God. You know this. Why? Why we have this table here. You know what this table reminds me of. And I told Kevin, and I told the team, I said, don't you dare throw this table. They still want to throw it, I'm sure. If I give them half a chance, they'll want to throw it, because look at it, how ugly this is. So from Shami's standpoint, how is he going to sell the room downstairs when you've got such ugly looking tables down there? Makes sense, right? But I said, no, you can't, because this was the very first table this was the table that was here when we first acquired, not, I mean, not that this table was here. When we first, let, let me put it to you this way, when we first bought this building, we did lots of renovation. There was a green door. That wall was green, this color. And so we had put the table on it. I painted the... Not table, the, the, the door on it, and we had painted it and, and all of that. So when I look at this table, I am reminded, you know, of, what? of God's faithfulness because when the Lord said, come by this building, it was as if I'm Mary listening to God saying, you're going to get pregnant, not through the normal ways, right? But through the Holy Spirit coming upon you. So this table reminds, reminds me of that. That God came to us in such a powerful way to acquire this place that when we tell people today, they are all baffled. You mean you own it? You don't rent it? I said, no, we own it. And, and they're just blown away. And they're just totally shocked at the, the, the miraculous way in which God had come to us. You know, and these rocks, what are these rocks? They represent building an altar, building a monument. Because when the Israelites, when they crossed the Jordan, right? When they crossed, oops, sorry. When they crossed the Jordan, and as they walked right through, the the priests were asked to wait in the water, right? As it parted, the Israelites walked right through into their promised land. And after that, he said, collect for yourselves 12 stones and build an altar. So that when they look back at this place, they will remember what God had done for you. Right? They would remember what God had done for you. So when I when we look at this, now sometimes you walk right through um, When you walk right through, thank you. When you when you walk right through reception, you will see, you 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 will see a stand there with, with a devotional, and you'll see these twelve stones around there. Now each stone, actually we need to inscribe a particular aspect of what God has done for us. So when we, when we crossed over from that side, we used to meet as a church. So I'm giving you some history now. We used to meet as a church. So when we met as a church right over there where creation place and some of the rooms were there, this place was a bookstore. This place was a bookstore. It was our way of renting the space out so that we could pay for our mortgage. So as much as God said to take this humongous step of faith, there were strategies that the Lord gave us as a leadership to acquire the space. And so we did it. Then the Lord said, it was time for us to move over. So it was time for us to cross over from that space to cross over here. Right? And so those uh, that were leasing from us, that were renting from us, they felt that they couldn't sustain the rentals anymore, and they had to leave. So they left. And so we felt the Lord wanted us to move over here, to acquire this. And the Lord dropped this word in my spirit, and it said, it's one thing to own a promise, but it's another to possess it. Right? It's one thing for you and I to own a promise, but it's another for you to possess what God has given you. Take possession of it. Right? That's why he told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Take possession of a promise. So often we own the promise. Oh, this is my promise. I believe in this promise. But do you possess that promise? Has that promise possessed you? So as we walked across, the Lord said this. Now, you had leased out 60% of the space of this building. You only occupied 40%. Now, occupy 80 or 90 And the time will come when he will say for us to occupy all of it. Right? And so these stones remind us of that as we cross over, we build that altar. So when I look at those stones, believe me, I, every time when I look at that, I'm reminded. Of God's extreme faithfulness. Extreme faithfulness. That is why. I will go to the nth degree. I know my wife will go to the nth degree. Many of us here who know this. Will go to the nth degree. In sacrificing and doing what we need to do. Because we believe. That we possess something. That is divinely that has been divinely orchestrated. You've heard me say this: We don't have a choice to disobey. The only choice we have is to obey him all the way, not some of the way. Why? Because he says, "I am Emmanuel. I am with you. That is why you can. It's like your GPS with you is with you all the time, and you've got 5G. Right? You've got five G coverage all the time. Anywhere you go, anywhere you go, anywhere you go, you've got this five G coverage, and he's there with you. So, friends, now with this truth, how are you gonna leave this place today? With this truth, what are you going to do over the next few weeks that you and I celebrate the birth of Christ? What is it gonna be like for you? What will you do so different this year? Let's bow our heads. I can have the team to come up, let's... I want us to... We've got a, a song that I know you'd really love to sing, and we want you to sing it with a sense of really believing every single word that you sing as, as a declaration. As a declaration that something deep is taking place, has taken place, and will take place. Remember, Advent is about him coming, how he is coming to you at this point. So it's the past, it's the present, and it's the future that he will come. So as you bow your heads and as you begin to, consider this, this morning. I want to ask each one of you, each one of us here this morning. Do you feel that this morning, God, has one, maybe shifted your mindset about this aspect of Emmanuel, God, with us? That he's already started coming to you with greater certainty now. That you've sensed something shipped inside of you. That you maybe even may be feeling challenged this morning in a good way. And fear is not overwhelming you at this stage. That's one. And my second question is very simple. If you are at a place where you want to really experience more of God. I, 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 I Firstly, in, in saying this, I want to clarify something. When you receive God, you have already received all of Him. So there is no such thing as you have, maybe at that point you've only received 50% of Him and that's why you're not experiencing this fullness. No, He's come to you 100%. He's in, he's in you. So, when I say that you want to experience more of Him, what I'm simply saying is this that the things that are blocking, the things that are hindering, will begin to not subdue you. But more of Him inside of you will begin to subdue all of that. So, if you're at that place where you want that, then I want to invite you to just stand. So one, He's come to you in a very certain way that you realize this morning. There's, there's such certainty in you. Maybe you had not, like, not seen it in that light in the past, but today you see this afresh and you see something extremely powerful and significant for you. And that's one. And the other is, you're at a place where, and you know, you, you have God, but you, you, you desperately want much more, much more. If you can stand... Sometimes, you know, the reason we ask for physical this, 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 this physical expression is it tells your brain I am responding really tells your brain that I am I'm absolutely responding and I'm not going to allow anything to hinder me because this Season, this Advent is going to be so different. It's going to be unlike any other Christmases that I've experienced. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.